0: Hey everybody, welcome to Mindful Social. This is a podcast where we talk about people who use social media in a mindful way and what's more mindful than actually knowing what your freaking story is when you're trying to tell it. So this week I'm really lucky to have Park Howell here. He has a really amazing tool, it's a workbook, about owning your own story, and we'll add the link to that in the blog post later. But, Paul, why don't don't you (laughs) tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to this point?
1: Yeah, Janet, thank you so much for being here today. Um, I love being on your show. This is great. You know, I've been in the advertising world for 30 years, 30 plus years now. I've run my own ad agency for 20 of those years. And most of the time and all of my work has always been about brand strategy, development and communications campaigns around that. Um, our middle son went to film school over at Chapman university and is in the heart of Hollywood has been there for the last five years, making his living as a motion graphics designer and, uh, only wants to be a director, but he's all in, in the way of Hollywood. Oh, there goes my phone. Let me shut that off. Sorry about that. And, um, he, when While he was going to school, I just said, hey, man, since we're paying for these textbooks, uh, send them to me when you're done with them, because I'd like to know, what does Hollywood know about telling stories? And this was you know, 2006 when he first went to school, graduated in 2010, and I became a student right alongside him. Um, mm-hmm. but he was studying at Chapman University, great film program, and the more I saw how Hollywood approached storytelling from screenwriting to visual storytelling to directing and so forth, that I realized that we could be using this much more ardently in the art of communications, marketing. Um, And so I just had a hypothesis. I took the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell, 17 steps, boiled it down to 10 steps that we could use in business. And then um, started it, you know, having some of my brands as guinea pigs. And they jumped in. And Janet, I couldn't believe how effective it was. And we just kept growing it, refining that process to where we are today. I've pivoted away from being a full service ad agency uh, and now focusing specifically on brand story strategy, helping brands understand what their story truly is, and then how to find the stories within their organization to support this new and profound brand story strategy. And that's, that's how it all came together.
0: That's really gorgeous because, you know, I think as a consultant and, you know, my company has evolved over the years into several different iterations. But I think that often we try to boil the ocean and it keeps us from really focusing on our story and, you know, figuring out what it is that we want to tell. And sometimes you get people that come to your website and go, what do you do exactly? And mm-hmm. if that's happening, then your brand is just diluted.
1: Well, we all suffer from that. I suffer from it. I mean, I've had some really great folks in helping me, even getting my business of story brand story straight, because we're a little bit, forget the cobbler, shoe, daughter, son thing. Um, think about as a dentist. I mean, if you're a dentist, you're not going to give yourself your own root canal. And to try to really identify what your story is, it sometimes feels like a root canal because you got to mm. dig deep. You got to peel back the layers and understand at your heart What really drives your overall brand, your position? And the other point I would say, make on that is we live in this time of abundance. You know, you and I and everybody listening to the show, we are a commodity unless we do a really good job of understanding what is it we do better than anybody else and and Mm -hmm. how is that expressed through our brand product service offering. And that's really the very first step to understanding to starting you know down the path of understanding your brand story that number one that position statement in the market what do you do better than anybody else in the hearts and minds of your customers and once you get real with that and have the guts to have a really fine tooth point on it uh, pinpoint on it then you're really well on your way of establishing and building out the rest of your brand story
0: mm-hmm. you know i hear sometimes, sometimes when when i'm in a meeting for example, for example that People, people sometime sometimes
1: have, have an echo. <laughs> an echo.
0: <laughs> I'm hearing an echo. Yeah. Uh, I find that I find that a lot of people are too close to what their own story is, or what they want their story to be, and it's difficult for them to step back and really see themselves clearly. So, how can how can we do that? How can we really give ourselves the space? to understand what our story is.
1: Yeah, Um, I think it goes back to taking that step back, as you said, taking a deep breath, probably having a glass of wine or two or a bottle of beer or three, um, and ask yourself, what are you truly personally passionate about in the work you do for your brand or for the brand that employs you? And get really straight, first and foremost, with your own personal brand. You know, what is it that you bring to the party, again, better than anybody else? And do you dig that? I mean, is that the thing that keeps you charged up and going? I can tell you um, about this time last year, I was doing a lot of soul searching because after 20 years of running an ad agency, my true love was coaching and consulting about story in a much deeper way than most typical ad agencies do it, and that is to cut to the core of what people are thinking and doing in their lives and what stories are they living into. So I think you have to give yourself permission, first and foremost, Mm -hmm. to really ask yourself the hard questions. Am I doing what I really love to do? And if not, what is it that you really love to do? And how can you create a clearing in a new story that you can literally live into and prosper from. It's hard to do. And and then surround yourself with people whose advice you really appreciate, admire, and then take about one third of it because in your heart you probably know what to do. You're just gonna need to bounce it off a few people.
0: Right. Right. And you know, that takes a, a lot of focus and a lot of kind of ste- stepping back and, and getting that intention. So can you give us some tools? to kind of line that out and and get an idea of how to start that. Cause we can all sit here all day and go, what are <laughs> my great strengths?
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, the the first three steps of the story cycle system, the first three are the most critical, just to answer that question. And I'd even even throw in step four to bring it full circle that is really the first module or act one if you will of the story cycle system so step number one is you simply ask yourself what do i do better than anybody else and get very clear with that in our process we take you through these four steps of understanding what industry are you in at a very high level fifty thousand foot what category within that industry do you service what specialty do you service within that category and then what is your number one specialty? What is it you do better than anybody else? So you, you, you go through that four steps real quick, and that helps your left brain start, um, you know, thinking through the reality of the situation will eventually get to your right brain or your heart. Um, but right now, functionally, I want you to think about what do you do better than anybody else? And the next question is, chapter two is, who cares? <laughs> you know, who gives a million
0: dollar question ultimately
1: comes down to it. You know, I could be the most, the greatest tightrope walker in the world while juggling poodles and (laughs) your, you know, viewers may not care. You know, I could be the number one at that, but nobody really cares. Although if I'm in the big top, they might care about there, but the rest of the world Mm -hmm. doesn't. So what is it you do? What do you uniquely have to offer? I was Janet at this, uh, at the, um, National Speakers Association Conference that was here in July in, um, uh, in well, in hot July in Scottsdale. And I heard this one guy, I cannot remember his name. And he said, just be yourself and you'll have no competition. Mm. So again, it goes back to what are you really good at? What are you passionate about? And how can you, either your personal brand or professional brand, number two, ask yourself the question, who cares? And in the story cycle system, we go much deeper with that in the workbook um, and in our courses, who cares is who's your hero? Who is at the center of your story? And it gets into creating customer personas and what mm-hmm. journey are they on and that sort of thing. But that goes way deeper. Right now, it's just like, what do you do better than anybody else? Who cares? Then the next question that you ask yourself as you're still in act one of the story cycle system is what's at stake? So, what do your audiences stand to gain? by buying into you and what you have to offer and what do they stand to lose by doing nothing, by remaining Mm -hmm. in status quo. The higher the stakes for you um, and for them, the better. So really when you're looking at this for your story, you want to ask what's in it for them, but you're also going to ask that same question of yourself. What's in it for your brand to get your brand story straight? What do you stand to gain? What do you stand to lose by doing nothing and doing the same stuff you've already been doing? And then the final question in these four, the chapter number four, the story cycle system is um, creating a unique value proposition. Now you're starting to level up what it is you do better than anybody else in the hearts and minds of your customers through a unique value proposition that legitimizes and humanizes your brand at this step, this is the step of disruption or the call to adventure, we call it, because mm-hmm. you ultimately, if you have a brand of merit that people, you're know, are you gonna be irresistible to people, is you have to be either answering a disruption in the marketplace that you are their answer to overcome this, or you're creating that disruption, which then makes you the answer to mm-hmm. overcome this. But if you're trying to sell in the status quo, you're not gonna have any luck because Walmart has that position. You you (laughs) want to be the Walmart of what you do. You want to elevate that offering and make sure there's enough disruption in your uh, market so that you have story tension that you can base your brand story off of. And then you capture that in a unique value proposition. That takes you kind of through the first act of the story cycle system. It's all about clarifying your brand stories in those first by going through those first four chapters. And hopefully you've noticed that it feels like you're on a journey as you do this Hmm. because you literally are. You're like an author on this journey approaching your brand from a very humanistic standpoint versus just a very left-brain rational standpoint. Bottom line, I'll say there is we all purchase with our hearts and we justify our purchases with our heads. So you want to uh, approach your brand story that way.
0: Hmm. So let's back up up a minute minute because because I hear hear you you saying the word hero. And I think a lot of people people think the hero of their their story story is them.
1: them. Yeah. Spoiler alert. (laughs) I mean, I mean, this is the number one thing I have to overcome every single time Um, I'm doing a workshop is I have to remind, not even remind because they've never been there before. I have to let them know, reveal the fact that your brand is not the hero of the journey. And in fact, it plays a more important role in your brand story strategy, and that is the role of the mentor and or guide. So Mm. Dorothy could never have returned home without the help of Glenda Goodwitch of the North. Luke could have never have saved the world from the empire without Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda you know, and his sidekicks along the way.
0: Mm.
1: None of us achieve anything of significance without a mentor, guide, and or sidekick in our life. That is the role, the position that your brand must play and should play. And when you do think about it that way, you now um, become less brand centric and you become customer centric. And that helps you understand the journey your customers are on so that you can bridge those gaps for them. And when you help your customers get what they want, they will go out of their way to help you get what you want. That's that the crux of the story cycle system and truly authoring a brand story that's going to stand out.
0: Right. So narcissism does not yeah. equal heroism.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Greeks basically called out narcissism way back in the day. I mean, you know, now we see it's in modern day life with the selfie stick for crying out uh, loud. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not, but what does narcissism tell us? It tells us that our audiences want to be at the center of the story. So let's not take that spotlight away from them. Let's shine it even brighter and be there to help them get what they want.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And then you also talk a little bit about risk. And I think that's that's really interesting because people don't, uh, you know, if if you don't take risks in what you're offering, then and people don't see that you're taking risks in what you're offering. It doesn't have as much value Mm -hmm. because you're not putting yourself on the line. But when you do put yourself on the line, then I think your market is much more interested because they're like, oh, OK, you know, this this might be a place to go. Um, maybe let's expand a little bit about how that risk works on both sides of the equation.
1: Yeah. Well, Janet, what is the opposite of risk? And we talked about a little bit earlier.
0: Safety, security.
1: Status quo. Status safety quo. And
0: security, right. But you
1: think about the definition. I mean, you go back look at status quo. I don't want to risk anything. I'm happy just here. I'm connect, connect you know, content. Don't bother me. Well, we can't sell that audience. So mm-hmm. what we're always trying to do is empower our audiences to level up their lives. And whenever you're asking anybody to level up, to seek something more, there's always an inherent risk associated with it. But that's the beauty of it. You have to have conflict in story for without conflict, you have no story. I say conflict is the marrow of all story. Um, And if you leave it out, here's an example I use all the time. Uh, Once upon a time, there was this beautiful, fabulous verdant kingdom, and in it lived this gorgeous, wonderful princess with beautiful flowing hair and the greatest smile that lit up the peasantry. One day, riding atop this enormous black steed, came in a handsome prince. They looked at each other, fell in love at first sight. He swept her up. They got married and lived happily ever after. So is that a story? Eh. No, it's pretty saccharine. You know, it just "eh." But add one thing: they lived happily ever after until the abduction. <laughs> yeah. What? What abduction? Now
0: we're interested.
1: Who got abducted? You know, Did the horse (laughs) get abducted? The princess? The prince? Who took them? How'd they return? What did they have to overcome? Now we have a story, but brands are so caught up in the magical kingdom of their little worlds that they say, hey, good morning, um, Janet, let me sell you something. Mm -hmm. They haven't taken you on any journey. They haven't courted you, any of us. And it just simply doesn't work. Aren't they
0: also afraid of the story? What's that? aren't they also afraid of the story? You know, brands are so obsessive about sticking to our brand message and not saying anything else and not allowing personal freedom to actually express the story of the brand. They're too busy on the line items.
1: They're they're afraid of story because most of them don't understand it. You know, no fault of their own. Look at, we were all at the tops of our storytelling games in kindergarten. We honestly were. And we are all innate storytellers in our educational systems and corporate cultures and just, you know, uh, uh, social constructs has a way of silencing, closing that curtain on our innate mm-hmm. storyteller. Um, what they are most afraid of and why they don't tell stories, number one, is they don't truly understand how they work. And it's very easy for them to learn how to do it again. Um, and be intentional versus innate about it. And number two, they're simply afraid of conflict. They don't want to talk about conflict in their lives or the lives of their customers. The really smart ones do, and they help their customers bridge that gap. I had a client tell me once, find the hurt, amplify the pain, heal the wound. Perfect three-act structure to sales right there.
0: Uh uh-huh. You got
1: to find that hurt and embrace it.
0: You got to find the hurt, but you also don't have to keep, poking it. You know, if you don't have an answer, (laughs) then quit poking me.
1: Yeah, And I I
0: think that's something that a lot of, I've seen a lot of marketers do, Mm -hmm. you know, that they're so focused. We have to find the pain points and and tell them that we see their pain points. Well, that's great, but it isn't necessarily buying your product. That's going to solve my solution. That isn't, that's going to be my solution entirely. So Mm -hmm. what else you got?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And that's, when you really understand your audience's story and the journey they are on and where they are on this journey, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's the the brand awareness point with you, the brand adoption point with you, or the brand appreciation, you want to move them through that very simple cycle to ultimately move them up to brand evangelism. But you got to go through the rotation and you got to take the time and do the courting and tell them, Help them live into real, authentic stories on behalf of your brand and then celebrate those successes as you move along. Mm,
0: and that's an important phase as well. Yeah. So where does the call to adventure come in then? Is it after we kind of defined and outlined what the general story is and then we're like, hey, come play with us?
1: You know, that's a beautiful thing about the hero's journey or the story cycle, any of these, is it's not an exact formula. (laughs) What I found with the 10 steps is it's the content you need to have. There are, like, 10 content buckets that you can um, in, like, storytelling 101 Tell your story exactly in this same uh, process, and you're going to be really effective. Mm-hmm. You'll be twice as effective as you as you currently are, and you can even just demonstrate that to yourself in your next PowerPoint presentation. Follow these 10 steps, and you are going to automatically connect better with your audiences than uh, before. But to your point, it depends on how you're telling your story and how you want to get people involved in it. Sometimes it's best to lead off of that call to adventure. Uh, Lisa Cron in her wonderful book called Wired for Story says, it's called having a ball in play. If you really want to get someone's attention, man, boom, hit them with a conflict right up front. And then they know, okay, now what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to get out of this? Uh, what am I supposed to get out of this? Mm-hmm. So you can move those elements around depending on the kind of story you're telling, who your audience is, really understanding them in a godlike way, and knowing then how to tell what genre a story in what order to them. But what this does is gives you those content buckets, those chapters of content that you have to have and be intentional about if you're gonna be successful in any of your storytelling, let alone your brand storytelling.
0: Mm. And intentional is hugely important as well because a lot of things, you know, people will throw spaghetti at the wall And, you know, I said earlier, boil the ocean to try to hit as many people as they can. And I think that's a very unfocused story. And you end up back in that place where people go, what do you do exactly? Yeah. Why should I care?
1: (laughs) Exactly right. You know, I was working with a a lady by the name of Karina Turin out. She was in Oxford, England, and she had been in marketing, um, had uh, two boys. Uh, got them through those young stages and got them back into school. And then she was venturing back out in the marketing world. So a solopreneur and her husband had a good job going. And she went uh, worked through the Own Your Story workbook. And then she and I got on a Skype call. And it was so much fun because here is a, soul, you know, a solopreneur working from her home in Oxford, England. And she said, look, it, I'm a dime a dozen out here. Somehow I have to stand out. And so we just started going through the process and asked, Her, what does she do really well? Her, the thing she really is very, very good at from an execution standpoint is she can take really dense ideas, constructs, like, you know, especially in technology clients, parse out the most important points, connect the dots, and as a writer, be able to make sense for the rest of the world out there to truly understand, digest in a very quick way. So she has this marvelous mind of being able to do that. And I asked her then, All right, that's cool. Why do you think that is? Well, she had studied psychology in in college, got her psych degree, and I asked her why she didn't go into psychology but went into marketing. She said, well, she loved the study of it, how the brain worked and whatever, but she was really more interested in how can you move people to action with this knowledge. So she got into marketing that would do that. Then I asked her, which I think is the most important question for you and all of your viewers to ask, is I said, I asked her, what did you do as a young girl? that you absolutely love, that you thought one day would be your life's work? And she goes, well, I was an artist. I designed, I painted, I drew. I still do that today. I'm teaching my kids how to do that. And I said, well, why didn't you go to art school? And why didn't you become an artist? Well, because I loved it so much, I didn't want to make it a profession. I didn't want to make it feel like I had to make money at it. I just do it for love. So In this conversation, look what we were able to uncover, and we got her just a remarkable little unique value proposition. A personal passion of hers is art and design, and how it connects with people, tells them visual stories, and moves them to action. She then studied psychology to truly understand the academic side of that. How does that work? You know, in uh, in, in the neurology of our minds, and then she pursues marketing, which she loves because she loves this work of trying to figure out how can I take these disparate points and create art around them so that, you know, these tech clients can communicate and connect with their audiences on a very human-like way. When we are all said and done after the four steps of the story cycle, clarifying your story, Corinne, is now the go-to marketing resource in the technology industry in Oxford, England and surrounding area because she totally understands how the mind is designed to buy. Hmm. And then she can deliver on that. Now that is a brand position she can own above everybody else and she can back it up with her own personal passion, her education and her experience as being a very good marketer. So that's where this all comes together. If that's, if that's If that kind of illustrates how you can do this on an individual level, on an emerging market level for a brand that's got their business figured out, but their brand story's not straight, or a very large, you know, global enterprise, we've done it for all those different uh, levels of folks.
0: Mm-hmm. And being able to bring all those passions together and, you know, think of how much more joy you have in doing the work that you do when you realize that you're bringing all of those things that – you love together and and being able to leverage them like that kind of gives me chills because i i love hearing stories like that you know yeah. that people are really passionate about what they do we don't have to be in jobs and i don't i don't care what kind of a job it is we don't have to be in jobs where we're miserable all day because we're not happy there are lots of things that we can do to bring our personal brand to the businesses that we work for, and you know whether it's in marketing or something else, you could be a really great ironer, and that's what you do. You know, I, I think there's a lot of uh, angst right now in the world because people are frustrated with not understanding technology, and and I think from a marketer's standpoint, to bring it back full circle, I think that people are frustrated with the technology. Should we be on Snapchat? Could we be doing this on Instagram? All of these different platforms. And, and I'm an early adopter. I love tools. I love toys. But they're not the right fit for everyone. So let's just touch on that for a minute as far as finding the technologies that work with your brand story. You know mm-hmm. how, how can we help refine that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I had uh, Joe Litzey, the head of content marketing uh, world uh, or content marketing institute, I'm sorry, um, on our business of story podcast a few months ago. And he said something that surprised me. And now I've seen it actually play out in my own um, creation of the business of story platform. And that is, he says, find one channel, especially if you're just starting out, do it really, really well be really, really consistent on it and be extraordinarily patient because it's gonna take about 16 months for you to get traffic on it. Mm. And I was surprised. I thought it was a quicker fix than that. And I thought maybe I need to have my you know, feelers out in two or three different channels like we all do. And, and I still do by the way, but I can tell you for with my podcast alone, we started that in July 1st, 2015. So we're just almost a year and a half into it, almost exactly to what he was talking about. And I can tell you, we do it very uh, consistently. Every Sunday, we launch it out, connecting story artists with folks um, like you and I, business leaders and communicators, to help us craft and tell compelling stories that sell. And it went from a few hundred to a couple thousand, stood at a couple thousand for a while. And then May, it peaked up to seven or 8,000 and then 10,000. Well, I can tell you, last month, we had almost 15,000 downloads. We've eclipsed the 100,000 mark of downloads. And it is almost exactly on the time frame that Joe Polizzi said it would be. <laughs> so oh. I would say to your folks is give yourself a break, take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Do not try to be all things to all people and everywhere. Pick something. If it's a blog, write that blog, at least one a week and do it religiously mm-hmm. for 16 months. Um, you know, if you like Twitter, that's great. Get on Twitter and feed people back into your blog. But don't try to launch a podcast and a blog and a, you know, YouTube channel and this, this. I know you get one of those primary veins of storytelling channels down. Now, with Business of Story, I focus day in and day out on that podcast. And then I um, you know work in bringing in blog posts. But those aren't as consistent as I need to be with those. So I'm going to level that up in 2017. I'm on Instagram because I love telling visual stories. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a closet artist myself. So I just put those out there just to kind of test the waters, but I don't put a a tremendous amount of pressure on myself to really perform there. I'll probably need to step that up at some point with consistency. And then YouTube channels are where my training videos are and whatever, but I don't use that on a consistent basis. I focus on that podcast and the blog to drive people to the website. So that's what I would say is understand the channels, How to use them to tell your story and then don't bite off too much. Tell Mm -hmm. one story at a time per channel. Give yourself a time to really get a following there and then expand out.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that that's wonderful advice because it's very tempting to get distracted by tools. And also, you know, if you feel that you're being forced into a particular channel because somebody told you that you had to be there, if you're not comfortable there, don't go there because it's going to show in your messaging, it's going to show in what you talk about. And you know, if you really kind of just aren't, a, I'm not a Snapchat person. I'm on it. I no follow God. a few people. It's not my thing. And I don't have to be there. Uh, I know how to use it. If you want yeah. to, I know how to use it, but I do. It's not my thing.
1: Well, the two things, two of my favorite things that Joseph Campbell said in his work, and for those that don't know who Joseph Campbell is, and don't worry about it, most people don't, and I really learned about him um, through our son and his work at Hollywood. America's foremost mythologist, and he uncovered this universal structure to story that literally has been around since the beginning of time, and it crosses all races, all religions. It's everywhere because it's kind of how we're hardwired. For story. Fascinating book. The best book you could possibly read on him th- that makes it most engaging is his work with uh, Moyers, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Moyers from um, uh, PBS. And they've got a book, The Power of Myth. And I've read that about three times. It's a great book. Anyways, a couple things that he says, a couple sentiments or f- uh, philosophies that come out of it. He says, if you find yourself falling, dive. Which I love. Which it means <laughs> break. If you're falling on your ass... It's the universe saying, you're doing the wrong thing, man. Mm. You're trying to be a speed skater when you're actually a downhill skier. So get off the skates, get on your skis. So when you find yourself like pump, you know, uh, falling into uh, something and it's like really scary as hell, dive into it, embrace Mm. it, see where it takes you. And then that leads to the second thing. When you follow your bliss, doors will open where there were only walls before So my bliss now is really understanding how people can live into the most powerful stories. And I do this full time, teaching, coaching through the business of story. And look, it's led to me to a wonderful people like you that, you know, invite me on your show to let me share with you what I've thought. I never had designs for being on this show. I never knew where this would take me. But because I follow that bliss and dove into it, um, I have just been having a blast. And I got to tell you, it's scary as hell. (laughs) I forwent a whole ton of income that I was making this past year from the ad agency to start something new. But I tell you what, I am so much more alive than I was before and I'm loving it. And great people like you are showing up in my life and it's just helping across the board. So that's my long winded way of saying, story is a fractal dive into the story that you want to tell. And when it comes to social media and the channels, find a channel. And even if you're uncomfortable with it, dive into it, Learn it all All you can about it, and you'll see that it'll start really working for
0: you. Focus is everything. That, that's really an amazing story because, you know, that's, people are afraid to dive in and take that chance to run with their own projects, uh, you know, to step away from the idea that, you know, they've got to be Walmart,
1: which yeah. you
0: was know, really, really true. <laughs> I know that you need to go, and I really appreciate your time, and I've loved hearing about developing stories. Can you tell people a little bit more about how they can connect with you and how they can get that darn workbook? And I just downloaded (laughs) it, so you guys need to download it too.
1: Oh, well, thank you for that. Um, and it, it really is great to be on Mindful my, my Social here with you, Janet. Uh, people can find me at businessofstory.com. We have a lot of free downloadable work tools, uh, tools that you can use to workshop your own storytelling. And that's where you're going to find the workbook. I like the workbook because it really makes you dive into it. And I'll tell you, it's you know about 45 bucks, but it's worth every dollar. It's and
0: also I really hard if- work. I just got to get that in there. It just
1: felt- <laughs> But it's only hard work because it makes you stop and think and take a deep breath and say, who am I and what am I really doing? And the idea is to have some fun with it, too. Don't take yourself too seriously. What I tell everybody is the first time you go through the workbook, go through it quickly. Don't overthink it. I'm more interested in what your gut thinks than what your head thinks. Because it, within your gut is the passion that's going to make you successful. Then you can go back and start fine tuning it from a business standpoint. It's going to take you from you know understanding your position in the marketplace, your number one audiences, what your unique value proposition is, the emotional promise people can get from you will get from you by working with your brand, that special gift that you give. I, I can tell you, my. My emotional promise is enchantment. And I say that only because I can't tell you how many people have come up to me after speaking engagements and workshops and going, oh, my God, this is so enchanting. And it's not me. It's this process mm-hmm. that it just opens up in their mind. It's like, wow, this is like a part of me I haven't been using since I was in kindergarten. And you've just given me a roadmap. map. And then it ultimately boils down to your purpose. What is your brand purpose? Mine is to help you live into your most powerful stories. And often that starts with your personal story, your personal brand story, then leads into your professional brand story. And then make sure that you are allowing the people around you the space to live into their most powerful stories. And if those two worlds come together, man, you will have the most dynamic brand going. If they don't come together, then they will vote themselves off your island and they will do you and, more importantly, themselves a favor because now they're living into the story they should be living into. Mm. They're truly following their bliss. You can find all the stuff. I can talk forever on it, Uh, (laughs) businessofstory.com. We have a weekly podcast, comes out every Sunday, and we have been having a blast because we've been doing a lot of shows around Donald Trump and his unbelievable narrative intuition and how that, uh, you know that PT Barnum, uh, you know, got elected. So it's, it, anyways, it's fascinating for me and I love sharing it with you all.
0: It's fun to watch, it's Scary, yeah. but fun to watch.
1: It's not like a car wreck, it's like a train wreck that you yeah. can't pull your eyes, you know, away.
0: Them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And I will be sharing this for everyone on the website, mindfulsocialmarketing.com. It'll also be on YouTube and on my show on Spreaker. But watch for it on Twitter. I'm Jay Fouts on Twitter. That's my favorite channel. And look for Park there as well. He's Park Howell, very easy to find on Twitter. And uh, thank you so much, Park. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you for having me. And if you have any questions uh, related to this show, um, ask them on Twitter for Janet or myself and use the hashtag ownyourstory. And I'll be happy to jump in and share some answers or give you some links or whatever. So hashtag ownyourstory on Twitter and make sure you copy both Janet and I on it. Thank
0: you. Wonderful. Thanks again. Bye, Bye, everybody.
1: Bye-bye.